Hello, and welcome to the On-Call Consults in Less Than 10 Minutes series on ENT in a Nutshell, a complement to Headmere's online survival guide. I'm your host, Jake Johnston, and today we are joined by Dr. Garrett Choby, a board-certified rhinologist and skull-based surgeon. In this episode, we'll cover sinonasal trauma. Let's jump right in. In today's episode, we'll have a narrow focus on trauma affecting the sinonasal cavity. We'll cover nasal bone and septal fractures, septal hematomas, septal abscess, anterior skull-based fractures, and CSF leak. A nasal bone fracture is relatively common to see in the ED, especially in the busy emergency department. Others are less common but can be considered can't-miss diagnoses due to the potential complications associated with these. For today's purposes, we'll leave out anterior table frontal sinus fractures, nasoorbital ethmoid fractures, with one exception, and maxillary sinus fractures out of the discussion. Dr. Chobe, could you take us through a differential diagnosis, including can't-miss diagnoses in this section of sinonasal trauma? Absolutely. So again, we have a fairly narrow focus today, but things we'll think about as far as differential goes include nasal bone fracture or septal trauma without fracture itself, uh, lacerations over the nose, as well as a nasal degloving or potentially a traumatic partial or complete rhinectomy. Um, septal hematomas and abscesses will be considered, as well as posterior table frontal sinus fractures, uh, ethmoid skull base injuries, in particular with CSF leak, uh, as well as uh, NOE fractures, with anterior artery rupture and retrobulbar hematoma. And then lastly, sphenoid sinus skull base fractures with particular attention paid to the carotid canal. Generally, if you're a provider in the ED or on-call ENT, how would this patient present to you? So nasal trauma can present either in an isolated scenario or part of a multi-system trauma. Patients may be awake and alert with very little pain, or they may be intubated, sedated on spine precautions. So there's a wide variety of presentations. Nasal bone trauma and soft tissue injuries are usually very quickly appreciated on initial survey. Awake patients may have a story that includes uh, sensation or visual perception of the abnormality and occasionally relay things uh, in regards to feeling or hearing a nasal bone fracture. Patients with septal hematoma or septal abscess may present in the postoperative setting or less frequently in the traumatic setting. And lastly, skull base fractures and CSF leaks are typically uh, going to result from a complex trauma and often are discovered as part of a routine trauma CT protocol in a patient who may have a number of systematic injuries. And when you go to see this, this sort of patient, what things do you specifically want to ask them or find out about? Sure. And it's important, of course, to realize that this patient may be someone who's intubated and sedated. However, if they are interactive, it's important to know about the mechanism and timing of injury, as well as a, a patient's appreciation of their deviation from normal in both physical appearance as well as nasal breathing. If possible, viewing uh, pre-injury photos is helpful. And also look for other facial fractures. This includes uh, occlusion issues, facial contour, uh, sensation in V1 through V3, as well as uh, potential issue, uh, issues with extraocular motion or orbital injury. It's important to talk about things like the pain in regards to the location, radiation, and the quality, as well as asking like questions along the lines of uh, clear rhinorrhea or salty posterior taste. And then lastly, of course, uh, it's important to think about things like uh, visual acuity uh, and enophthalmos or hypoglobus. When thinking about going to see one of these consults or evaluating this sort of patient, what are some things you want to bring with you? Uh, certainly a number of things can be entertained. Uh, the nasal exams we'll focus on today, and this includes uh, things like a nasal speculum or a zero-degree endoscope, uh, 10 or 12 Fraser suctions to remove blood clot from the nose, as well as a topical decongestant like oxymetazoline. In cases of septal hematoma, you may also want to consider things like injectable lidocaine with epinephrine, an 18-gauge needle, as well as a 15-blade, and things like doyle splints or saline flushes. 
And if you're going to be aggressive and try to reduce a nasal bone fracture at the bedside, uh, Boy's Elevator, as well as potential splinting supplies are also helpful. Examining these patients, what things specifically would you like to look at, uh, especially in regards to the different areas of trauma that we're discussing? So when examining things uh, like a nasal trauma or nasal bone injury, uh, a careful external nasal exam is important, including looking at the patient uh, as a straight-on view, oblique views, as well as from below in the worm's eye or above in the bird's eye view. Uh, Palpation of the nasal bones and evaluating the volume of edema is also very important. If there are lacerations present, uh, identifying the depth of them, as well as determining if uh, other deeper structure involved, like cartilaginous or bony structures, is important. Uh, anterior rhinoscopy with a headlight to look for things like a septal hematoma or abscess. And then, of course, rigid endoscopy if a more posterior exam is required, or you're worried about things like a skull base fracture or a CSF leak. If a CSF leak is, is suspected, a dandy maneuver or having them lean forward and observing them for drainage of clear salty fluid uh, can be helpful. And then moving on from there, uh, if an orbital injury is suspected, Examining extraocular motion and gross visual acuity is very important, as well as for proptosis, if worried about a retrobulbar hematoma. And then, of course, the periorbital soft tissue, including the position of the globe, as well as the medial canthus, and things like enophthalmos or hypoglobus. After you complete your examination, what sort of things do you consider in terms of a workup with labs and imaging or anything like that? So this one depends a bit on what you're suspecting as far as an injury goes. If it is a very isolated nasal bone injury or laceration, additional imaging or labs is probably not necessary. Um, if a patient is particularly uh, interested in cosmesis, aesthetic photography may be helpful. If you're worried about things like a skull base fracture um, or more significant traumatic injuries, a fine cut CT scan uh, in the maxillofacial region as well as reformatting in three planes is very helpful. Uh, if CSF leak is suspected, beta-2 transferrin testing is very appropriate. If this may be sitting out for a long period of time, consideration may also be given to putting it on ice to make sure that the protein does not denature. As far as management of these things go, could you break it down for us a little bit? Absolutely. So I'll break it down to a couple categories. The first one is a nasal bone fracture. If it is a simple nasal bone fracture and the patient is quite tolerant and may perhaps be less cosmetically concerned, a simple close reduction in the emergency department under local anesthesia can be appropriate. Um, this typically involves replacing or excuse me, placing the bones in their proper place with a boy's elevator uh, and uh, a splint afterwards. However, it may also be more appropriate to allow some of the edema to come down for approximately uh, five to seven days and manage this in the operating room. If a septal hematoma or abscess is present, this would be considered a semi-emergency and urgent management is necessary. A delay can cause issues with septal necrosis and eventually a saturnose deformity. This can frequently be drained in the operating room or at the bedside. If at the bedside, you can inject local anesthetic and then aspirate the blood with a needle or syringe, then make an incision over it to irrigate out the remaining portion of the hematoma or abscess. It is ideal to place a small Penrose drain if possible, and then lastly, doyle splints. Again, if the patient is tolerate, tolerates this well, it may be done in the bedside, but some patients may require an operating room management for this. If it's a soft tissue injury like a laceration, this can oftentimes be uh, closed primarily. Uh, if it if though it involves things like cartilage or other deeper structures, an OR trip may be required for better washout in a more careful closure. And lastly, if there is a skull base fracture present with ongoing CSF leak, many of these will close with conservative management and may not require operative management. CSF leak precautions are important, including uh, head elevation, uh, no straining, no nose blowing. 
And in some cases, this may also require lumbar drain placement. The use of antibiotics is controversial uh, and is not necessarily required for routine cases of uh, traumatic CSF leak. If there is a significant posterior table of frontal sinus uh, fracture that has severe displacement, or there is uh, extrusion of dura through this area and ongoing CSF leak, operative intervention is likely required, and this may involve a cranialization procedure. If there are fractures in the area of the planum or the tuberculum, and you're worried about a carotid injury, a CTA may be necessary in this area. Also realize that a delayed pseudoaneurysm is also possible, so you may consider getting a delayed CTA as well in some of these cases. I think that all covers it really well for sinonasal trauma. Thank you, Dr. Chilby, for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for the time. <laughs>